that thing ever happened to you where you're going along, you're totally, totally normal, you're having a regular day, and then you get nostalgic or maybe even a little melancholy about, I don't know, the times that have gone before. Like it's one of the weird things about getting older to me is you have all these incredible memories of the past, but if you're doing it right, you never stop being interested in about the future, but... Man, I got a pang about Grant Hart, you know, and the passing oh, of Grant Hart a while yeah. ago and how much Husker Du meant to me. And I thought, well, it would be, I would be remiss if we didn't start episode 263 of the Brian Oak Show without a little Grant Hart music from the halcyon days of Husker Du. But do you ever that get that your, feeling? Is that, oh, absolutely. And, and it's funny because a certain smell, uh, yeah. something that I see uh, will trigger that. Uh, and every once in a while, like, you know, well, Songs, of course, they yeah. take you back to the place where you heard them. Yeah, I was just thinking about you and seeing Husker do in concert. I have, and that song one time has to be crazy. Like when you had to go crazy when you heard that song. One of the prettiest girls I've ever known in my entire life. And again, I was such a, an awkward, dorky. It's going to be hard for you to imagine, Sean, but I was such an awkward dork as a teenager. And I got a pair of tickets to go see the Dead Kennedys and Husker do. I didn't know the Kennedys. I can't believe at it. they the opened armory, up for him. Uh, at Holy the Armory, shit. Autos Chemical Lounge, Husker no Du, and the Dead Kennedys. And this was sort of my teenage punk rock dreams coming together. And I like got a pair of tickets. 85, 86? What? Give so me a year. This would have been 1985. Yep, okay. I would have been a junior in high school. And mm. something, and again, again, being the most nervous dork in the world, mm. something inspired me to ask the prettiest girl in my high school if she wanted, because she was not part of the popular club. But she was a vision, and oh, yeah. something inspired me to go ask her, would you like to go to this show? And she was in my French class. She'd been in for a couple of years, and she looked up at me, and she's like, that sounds fun. I'd love to go. And I just like, I, you know those cartoons where like you're so oh, yeah. happy that you sprout little wings and you float away? And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And I went back and sat down next to the other nerd next to me. I'm like, I have I have. And you know what? We went out. We had a fantastic evening. I had such a good time that I never talked to her again because I am the worst person on the planet. <laughs> I, I'm so bad. I'm so bad at that stuff, which is probably got why I got married when I did. My name is Brian Oak. This is the Brian Oak Show. It's powered by Smart Start MN. We are, in fact, in the Smart Start MN studios in beautiful and today rather jungly weather. Ooh, it's of, only going to get worse, uh, too. Oh, man, gross. I can't wait to get home and hide in the basement. Lay on the wet, cold concrete floor just to cool mm. off a little bit. I hate this weather. But our guest today I know feels differently. She enjoys tropical weather. She enjoys being warm. And we'll talk more about that coming up in just a minute. But it's made possible by Smart Start MN. You know, if you drink and drive and you screw up, these things happen, right? No judgment. It just don't kill anyone. Don't hurt yourself. Don't hurt anybody else. But you will spend more on... Ubers and lifts mm. and bugging your buddies or friends for rides than you will on what it costs to get the Smart Start MN system installed in your vehicle. Yeah, just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Our guest today is a very interesting individual to me. You know, we I, I found out about her online long before I ever met her in person. And she was always interesting, like not not a thirst trap, not a weirdo. A powerful songwriter, 
a very interesting looking individual. Got these huge almond eyes that I can't ever stop looking at. <laughs> and but I mean, just like an interesting. But then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm here in this foreign country for three months, or here I'm going over here, living a much more interesting life than I would ever have the guts to live. And I'm fond that uh, we we've talked to her before. She's been yeah. on the podcast, but it was through long distance. It yeah, was through Zoom. the the Zoom medium when we all had to be that way. But today we welcome her into the Smart Start MN Studios. You may know her as Holy Hannah. You may know her as Hannah Vanderhoff. Vanderhoff, sorry about that. Um, and that was the inspiration of this song right here. So while I was feeling nostalgic earlier today, it wasn't just Grant Hart. Mm. I was having a David Bowie moment for whatever reason. Now, I have a lot of those moments because he's my favorite of all time. And so he's regularly in the rotation. But I went back and I was listening this morning to some deeper tracks, some non-album tracks, some tracks that are not available unless you're a complete... Dorcas Malorcus, like hmm. I am. Hmm. But it turns out Bowie has a brilliant song called Holy Holy. We'll talk to Holy, Holy Hannah right after this.
You know, if you take the time and you do enough digging, I'm not saying that everyone has to love Bowie, but if you decide to ever really go down the rabbit hole, there's so much stuff that never made it on an album that's all sitting there on B-sides or reissues that is so worth checking out, and that's one of those songs right there. Holy Holy by David Bowie. Do you ever say to people uh, that don't like Bowie, I I would just look at them and say, I wouldn't expect a man of your intellect to understand. Jesus, no. Here's the. Here, you know, I know you. Would I know, but we, we've talked about this a lot of times, right? It's like <laughs> it's fun to spar about music, right? Like yes. my friends and I, my closest friends, I'm like, oh, you're into that band? Well, I'm sorry. Do they sell any men's music where you bought that? Or you know, what I mean, like yeah. you, stupid, lame, yep. old yep. school, ridiculous things. But we we spar about music, and you don't have to love both. For instance, a great example, me. I respect Springsteen. I respect Dylan. You will never come over to my house. Well, first of all, you'll never, never come over to my house. But also, <laughs> you will never, ever come over to my house and have me put one of those records on. It's just not my jam. I respect them. And so when someone's like, I don't really dig the Beals. I don't really dig Bowie. I don't really dig the Cars. I don't really dig the B-52s. Actually, you know what? I draw the line at B-52s. <laughs> if you don't dig the B-52s, you're fucking broken. <laughs> Let's go ahead and meet today's guest. Today's guest is a woman by the name of Hannah Vonderhoff, and she is a remarkable musician, a very interesting human, and super fun to follow online, and now, finally, in the Smart Start MN studio. Hi, Hannah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. A lot of people know you as Holy Hannah, correct? Yes. All right. So, we talked before and i'm sure we've covered some of the same ground but to get people back up to speed you are minnesotan born and raised born and raised uh on the weber parkway north side minneapolis currently residing on the south side did you just throw a north side sign up at me is that what Uh, that that was no it it sure looked like it I mean, I mean, look, hey, I don't want to fight. I'm a Southsider, but that's cool. Here's, you know, (laughs) well, again, none of us get, you know, I grew up in Coon Rapids, so I'm not one. I guess I'm way north side, right? North Suburban Cultural Corridor. Hannah, when does music become what Hannah does? At what point in your development? I mean, I'm sure you did all the things, band and choir and all the things, Mm -hmm. but at some point, music becomes the focus of your life. Do you remember a flashpoint or was it a slow thing and suddenly you realize too late that you're a pod person and you have no choice but to do music. When does that become your thing? Oh, I guess there is a couple of checkpoints in that regard. The most significant one and probably the best storytelling material. Um, I had, uh, I had dropped out of college and, uh, was, was working full time for a while. Um, 18 and onwards. And I had this desk job for, I don't know how many years. And uh, there's just one too many times that I was up super late, being in a band, partying, not not it had, uh, lights on in the office at 6 a.m. with pastries and coffee ready for the board meeting. Oof! And I got my ass fired. And <laughs> but it, it was it was uh, really appropriate. And I shed my tear and then rode my bike over to the Astor Cafe, interviewed for a service position because I knew that the service industry was much more in line with my musical goals and plus the hours desire. are way better right oh my god yeah way better just flexible the kind of people all of it i just knew it was the appropriate transition so i'd already been kind of like feeling that out and it was on that specific day of my interview for the service job that i got fired from my desk job so can, <laughs> I, can I ask if you don't mind and again you don't have to share anything on the show you don't want to but again there's really nothing you can't say on this show when you got fired did you get fired because you were too tired you were bleary-eyed you reeked of booze 
Can I ask how you got fired? I um I think it was a culmination of just right. incidents of me not really caring. Just like whoa, I just didn't care anymore. She, she <laughs> looks like maybe <laughs> she hasn't gone so to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, yeah. I'm not trying to out you on anything. I just these are the, the there are very weird defining moments in people's lives, right? And where you can either succumb and let it crush you, or you can decide this is the day I change the tra- trajectory of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you. Go and, uh, you know, you're the same day you get fired, you're doing this. So you'd already thought about moving on from this job yeah, anyway. I had, and yeah. it was a nice little external push. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, there's nothing like having to keep the lights on or eat food <laughs> to motivate someone to make some money and do another thing, right? Yeah. But now, prior to this, so I mean, like you move into this, but prior to this, you had decided that music was part of who you were, more than just watching it, more than just enjoying it. You decided at some point, you know what? I can do this, and I'm pretty good at it. Did that happen before or after your butt was kicked out of corporate America? That happened before. So um, right around the same time that I had dropped out of college, um, in order to just start uh, making money right away, I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do. I just, but I do know I need to make rent. So... <laughs> Let's go to work. And, Again, a powerful um, <laughs> motivator. I dropped out of college, too, and I, I felt that sting immediately. Yeah. yeah, I got you. And I'm I'm really grateful for that path, uh, just um, getting some real-world traction right away. Um, but to answer your question, so it was right at that time where I, I was starting to do, like, the coffee shop thing. Um, I didn't have any friends, really. I grew up in kind of this cult kind of situation i'm sorry I'm we're, we're gonna stop for one second and i'm not i'm really not i don't do tmz stuff i'm not asking you to to expose everything but when you say culty do you mean like a sort of like extreme christian situation or do you mean like a like a baphomet sacrificing people in the basement situation <laughs> no, what are we talking about it's the the, the like more uh, bur- uh happier Sort of okay. Like, it's a <laughs> yeah. Again, I'm no, not asking you to open up a vein. Not, I just, no bloodletting. But, but, no but, no but, but babies. Said, well, I just I have to ask because when you say culty, I have to know: are we ancient? Are we worshiping the ancient elder ones who live under the ocean, or just sort of weird variations on what most of us know? Uh, I would say um, yes, an extreme Christian. Um, but but as a result, and again, we don't have to go any deeper than that, but as a result, you grow up, you know, I mean, like you said, relatively friendless and you're doing your own thing and you're in a weird, isolated sort of place. Yeah, I was very isolated. And that's why I kind of refer to it as a, a borderline cult. Yeah. And I don't want to say what specifically, because I have I a, a lot of respect, a lot of respect for, for this. I mean, as far as like cults go in the world and like as far as cults uh, go in the world um it's a very like well-intentioned relatively uh uh kind um beautiful group of people they just tend to or not tend to they do um only socialize with themselves i think well i think that's fairly regular right yeah so i just um, i mean for cults for yes for cults so i wasn't encouraged to have you know friendships outside of that religion and so when i was 17 and graduating high school i was like okay deuces i gotta do my thing yeah yeah and um (laughs) and then just starting from scratch socially in a lot of ways and so one of the ways to make friends was i started going to this coffee it was uncommon grounds in uptown actually specifically and i was like well there's all these people and they're smoking cigs outside 
I think I need to start smoking. Look at the cigarettes. <laughs> Look at and, the cool kids over and there. Yeah, and then yeah. I then because of that I started making friends. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was an easy in. And then just um and I'm not like promoting cigarette smoking or anything. I still Oh, I still know, smoke them. No. And again and don't back and I, forth with that. It's kids stay in school and thing. don't do drugs. No, I mean I always <sighs> joke to my friends like that I know have never smoked and never will and I offer them a cigarette They're like, "Yeah, no thanks." I'm like Never too late to start looking cool, <laughs> which apparently Hannah has just backed up entirely. Can I ask you one last thing, and then I promise I'll let the the you know the your self described cult pass go. You also went out of your way to make sure that to say that these are mostly very kind, very gentle. They're just they're very insular. Mm-hmm. So growing up in that environment is weird, right? Because you feel like you miss out on a lot of the world, but. <clears throat> there's a kindness. There's a generosity. There is an empathy. If those people really believe that, and if you grew up in that environment, these are things that you've carried into your modern day life, right? I mean, there are still things about being kind to one another, hoping the best for your fellow human being, that sort of thing that still that you still carry, right? Yes, I actually, um, my moral constitution is every day something that I um, am reflecting on in one way or another, just things that matter to me or ways in which I'd like to improve as a person. Um, one of the things that growing up in an environment like that put me in touch with, uh, is, um, well, just like judgment in general. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a two sided coin. Um, or or I I guess, how how do I want to say, um, in groups that are insular like that, where, there's kind of this, you're holding the world in an arm's length. There's mm-hmm. all this judgment that is taking place, which I find to be the antithesis of what the, is the very message that is that they're trying to preach. And so that's always been a huge conflict for me. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but we all intrinsically are judgmental people. Mm-hmm. We can't really help it. It's just how we are. Yeah. And, but nonetheless, I like to be an advocate for, um, for allowing people to 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 be and do do what they want to do, and not, I don't have an interference with that. Um, but how I conduct myself, um, I like to have a, a moral code, and um, but also you know just kind of hang. It, <laughs> it almost sounds like that you're advocating for human decency and kindness, right there. Yeah, something like that. Interesting. <laughs> you know, growing up. So again, while I can't describe my upbringing as cult-like, I did grow up in the Catholic Church, and I remember the very day that I broke with my so-called Catholic faith. I always had a lot of questions, and it was mainly about the people who claimed to they wore they wore Christianity like a, a patch on their sweatshirt, mm-hmm. right? And I remember the very day that I'm like, I'm done with this shit. Is we were heading in, we we were at a part of a large um, parish in, up in the North Suburban Cultural Corridor, and one day on the way in. Two people were fighting over a parking spot. They both tried to pull into it. Both the dudes who were driving their families to church got out and almost came to blows. They were in a screaming match over a parking spot where literally 15 feet away there were 20 other parking spots. And I'm like, they don't know why we're here. This is the wrong direction. Let's not do that. Let's still be good to each other. Somehow, despite my lack of faith, I know that the right thing to do is to listen and to pay attention be decent to other people and lift them up when you can. I mean, otherwise, what are we doing, right? 
Yeah. What are we doing? Before we go any further and talk more about cults or about <laughs> your upcoming residency at the Astor, um, let's hear some of your music. I hate to go too long without hearing a song. So tell me about this first one. Uh, we're going with Kiss Method. Oh, so yeah. uh, Kiss Method is the Keep It Simple Stupid. I like that. Mm-hmm. It was invented by some Navy doctor, Navy I never heard that. I just didn't. I didn't know if it was. Another. If I remember my <laughs> no, I didn't like Google it. Oh, but where it's from? Yeah, where it's from? We've all heard. Keep yeah. it simple. Oh, of course, stupid. yes. But yeah, I didn't, yeah, know, okay. where I, I from, didn't yeah. know where it's from either. Because in my entire sales career, you better believe I heard. Just use the kiss method. Have you ever heard? Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or yeah. The, also known as the kiss principle. Yes. Oh, the yeah. principle. What about yes. the kiss yeah. army? Can you tell us about? Sorry. Yeah, that's Knights and Satan Service. And okay. I don't think any of us want to talk about that. All right. All right. Tell us about your song, Kiss um, So this is uh, the day. This is the first track off of my debut album. Um, I almost named the album Kiss Method, but I decided instead to go with the self-titled release. Um, yeah, this is about just uh, kind of like in a pinch moment, um, your gut feeling and intuition is definitely going to guide you. And so when you need to just kind of strip away the other bullshit, you can pretty much safely rely on that. At least in the moment, that's what uh, I was writing the, this song about, and amongst other things. But I, uh, I hope you like it.
that sounds real wow. and raw and organic and cool, and it sounds like a rock session, right? It doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like I've crafted this in my bedroom and I put together a future. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that felt like a rock and roll session. Did it feel like it when you were making it? Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love. I mean, it sounds real and raw. And you told me you went specifically to a place that really takes a more analog than digital approach to make that record. Is that is that a conscious choice? Did you want something that felt like rock and roll? 100% conscious choice. I sought out specifically studios that had an analog capability and setup. And um, I first did a little um, kind of, imp- uh, I don't want to say like interview. <laughs> like a, I did a single track with, with Brown Bag Studios, which is in Southside, uh, 42nd and Cedar. Uh-huh. Tony Schreiner is the studio owner and engineer. Yeah. who mm. folks might know from the band Malamania. And uh, I did a track with him called Time Machine, which we may or may not hear today. Oh, we're um, going to hear that today. And uh, and I did that as a way to just kind of like, okay, is this the is this the vibe that I'm going for? And then through that process, I was like, yes, 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 yes. There's I found my studio. Run, this right? is it. This is it. This is it. And I just knew that by having an analog approach, I would... Um, just kind of connect even more deeply with the recording process mm. and just feel like really like I'm swimming in the 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 same waters that all the great artists wow. back in the day were swimming in in this like real to real real to real kind of situation and I just wanted to do well, that while we were listening to the song you mentioned something fascinating to me because I, I I've always wondered when it comes to musicians especially living in this modern age if you're artistic, nothing's ever perfect, right? But at some point, you've got to put a flag on it and say, that's it, we're done. And so by taking the analog approach, even though there are many ways still to get across the goal line, at some point, you're like, we're almost out of tape. Mm-hmm. We got one one more track we can lay something over the top of. At some point, it requires you to be like, we're done. And to me, that's fascinating. Again, I understand so little about writing music or even less about making music, but it's got to be as an artist, like you feel like, nope, we got it. But then later on you go back and listen, you're like, oh, you know what we could have done? We could have put that yeah. one. We could have hit that Pepsi can right there one more time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, Hannah, uh, you know, you, you go professionally by Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah is a relatively old fashioned expression. Well before you were born. Yeah. I wanted to add, and, but I love it. I mean, it, it's perfect for you. But I wanted to ask, when is the first time in your life you remember hearing someone say, Holy Hannah? That is a great question because it is a super specific um, event. I'm happy to hear about it. Um, I was walking. Uh, I was. This is before I, my first and only semester at the U of M. I was walking on campus, and there's a, a group of people sitting outside, and uh, they all of a sudden exclaim, "Holy Hannah!" I'd never heard this before in my yeah. life. And I'm, you know, maybe all of 18, and I so I look over, and they see me notice, and uh, they're like, "Hannah." Hannah? Holy Hannah? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you've never heard that before? I was like, no. And then they explained, they're like, oh yeah, it's an expression. It kind of means, you know, <laughs> it's a like a PC way to say like, holy shit or something. Yeah, right. And so then as I started performing around as Hannah Vonderhoff and really struggling with people remembering my name, how mm. to spell it, how to pronounce it, all of it, I was like, well, I guess ideally it would be nice to have some low-hanging like or some easily 
easily remembered yes. moniker to go by. And it just felt like, okay, Holy Hannah is a Midwestern phrase, low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to just take it and run with it and see what happens. But I don't even think it's low-hanging Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Fruit, we live in an era that is so filled with static and so congested. You have to have something, and maybe it's low-hanging fruit, but you have to have something easily digestible, but also not easily forgettable. And again, Holy Hannah, among our grandparents, probably a little more recognizable, Uh but also still a very cool phrase. So before you were walking past those people on the U of M campus that day, you'd never heard Holy Hannah before. Because to me, I mean, that's like a... I don't know. That's like a something Jimmy Stewart would say or Andy Griffith would say, right? Uh-huh. Oh, holy Hannah. Yeah, or something. <laughs> I actually had found a little graphic of some like random cartoon from back in, who knows, like from the boom splat, you know, days <laughs> yeah, of yeah, yeah. Batman or yes, superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like kind of one of those illustrations where, you know, uh, the the quote that the cartoonist says, "Holy Hannah, what the blazes is that?" And, right. and that just kind of like dated the whole thing. I was like, "Okay, this is an old school." It's story. brilliant. Before we hear another song and then talk more about your residency that you have upcoming at the Aster, I am checking with Sean. Um, what is ground zero for your creative output? If people are like, "Hmm." This Hannah Vanderhoff sounds like someone I might want to know more about. And I like saying Holy Hannah, also enjoying the music. What is Ground Zero for you? What I mean, I'm sure you have an online resource somewhere that people can find everything they need to know. The most direct way to support me as an artist yeah. is to purchase my music at Bandcamp. Okay. So you can literally go to bandcamp.com slash Holy Hannah Club. Should have looked this up before I came. <laughs> Don't but worry, we'll double people check. People will figure it out. Yeah, people will it, figure it you out. You can search in Bandcamp. You can search Holy Hannah, and I will come up. So okay. the the benefit to that is I, especially on Fridays, I retain a hundred percent of the of the 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 price. Yep. Uh, which directly reimburses me for the cost of making the album. So I would like to think about it in those terms. Um, well, and I think that's fair. So Sean and I, like you know, we've done multiple events we you know sean is a realtor by trade every single one of his transactions people get to donate whether on the buy or sell side to a local artist sean and i do what we do for a living because we're not here getting rich mm-hmm. but just like you not getting rich but you want to do what you want to do right mm-hmm. and we believe in what we do and we believe in the place we live and we believe in the artists and the people sean and i refuse to work with assholes mm-hmm. we're still on that right yeah, oh, absolutely. That's still part of the charter, yep. right? Just Ref- through 2024 and then probably like one <laughs> asshole per year after that. Maybe. And it goes back to the non-judgment, right? You gotta yes. allow some of the assholes. Yeah, yeah. but again, I'm not trying to judge anybody, but you know when someone's a dick, right? I mean, it's oh, just, boy, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> anyway, um, before we talk about the album and and hear another song from you, Sean, would you like to talk about your endeavors as a realtor this summer? How much time do you have? Well, no, not that much time, man. You got okay. a minute. You got 60 seconds, but... I noticed that in the last year, you know, it's, you've been doing realty for a while, but as things, they were nuts at first, and even as they're regulating, though, you're still a busy person. 
Yeah, really, really busy. In fact, I just picked up a couple of new clients uh, this week. Brian's bleeding right now, so I'm, I'm just going to keep talking. The market. Yep, the market is uh, very interesting. There's a lot of people that think when the feds take the interest rates up uh, three quarters of a point, like they did last week, that that means that the mortgage rates go up three quarters of a point. That's not necessarily the case at all. In what? fact, they went down. Uh, late last week. I was under the impression there'd be no math on this commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was one of my favorite SNL bits, by the way. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, so the market is still uh, fine. You're just not going to be in multiple offers as much and probably not have to go way over when you're buying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like Brian said, I'm still donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. In fact, I closed on a place last Friday and the money went to Dwayne L. Rowland. And he was like... Oh, over who was the, a recent guest yeah, on the show. Yeah, he was a show. recent guest. And he was like over the moon about uh, being selected. And then I was... Uh, he uh, performed at the Ice House uh, this weekend. And apparently but, he murdered it. I watched a bunch of people online. Yeah. I was not able to make it because yep. I was out of town. But, you know, I mean, that guy's been working hard recently, mm-hmm. working with Laserbeak. And uh, I'm glad to hear yeah. that that was the way that went down. And I just, uh, I just had a shindig at my place. And I had a couple people say, who else can I donate to? Well... I just posted a link about Leslie Vinson, who's got a, her sophomore album is coming up. She's doing a Kickstarter and got a couple people to donate to that as well. So if you're, if you know somebody that's in the market to buy or sell, uh, and my daughter said, so it's really cool that you get to, you know, she said, I know that you don't love real estate. You like it, but you love local music and you love supporting local artists. She's like, how cool is it that you get to kind of do both and tie everything together? I'm like, that's very intentional. I said, you'll get to a point in your life where, you look at your day job and go, okay, that's nice, but it's really cool that we get to support and give back. 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. And I think it's important for people to remember, whether we're looking at the GoFundMe model, the Patreon model, the Bandcamp model, you don't have to be singularly responsible for the well-being of that artist or that person that you are supporting. But if you, and even... A handful of others, a few dozen others, maybe in the best case scenario, hundreds of others are working towards that end. It's not putting that artist in a private jet. It's allowing them to continue to do the thing that you love, that they love. And it all works together. Like, you know, like our Patreon here on the Brian Oak Show, you know, a person who's in for five bucks a month. They don't have to give us any money, but for five bucks a month, if they and a few dozen other people do it, we can have the Smart Start MN Studios. We mm-hmm. can continue to get great local artists in. It doesn't take a lot to support your local community and keep people afloat. Would you say that's fair, Hannah? I'd say that's really fair. Exactly. So Bandcamp slash Holy Hannah to find out more about this particular record. We're going to talk more about the record, but really the main reason we're having you in, you have a full-blown residency happening at your home, the Aster, coming up in the very near future, and we're going to talk about that coming up next. Yeah, just a very quick thing to mention. Uh, you had said it might be Holy Hannah Club. If you just go to Bandcamp and you type in Holy Hannah, uh-huh. your stuff comes up right away. So that's oh. how people, just so we, I just want to make sure that we're clear on that so people can support her. Thanks for being a pal, brother. Do no you, problem, no do problem. you <laughs> prefer the term easy peace? Easy or easy peasy lemon squeezy. I like lemon squeezy. I, I actually got to be honest, yeah. I do too. Maybe it's because I grew up in a cheesy era of 
commercials and promotion, but I also am a big lemon squeezy guy. Uh, This particular song, (laughs) Hannah, is called um, Lust Slash Love, which is a very interesting intersection in most of our lives. I want you to tell me about this song before we hear it, if you don't mind. Oh, boy. Well, well, you don't have to go deep. I just <laughs> I, give me give me a general overview, unless you really feel like opening up a vein, which apparently I've done. I've got blood streaming. I don't know what I did. The world, there's a hole in my leg. Like there maybe is. I was shot from a nearby room. Yeah, that's odd. What is that? I don't know. Take a picture of it. Get new razors. I don't shave my legs. <laughs> Hannah, I'm sorry that you've been invited into our world of madness. No, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. Normally, there's a lot less bleeding in the Smart Start MN studios, but I'm 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 I gotta I gotta staunch the bleeding while you tell us about your song, Lust Love. I mean, got any more uh, rusty razors? <laughs> exactly. Well, luckily my tet- my tetanus shots are up to date. I used to drink at the rusty razor. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your song. Uh, the song. Um, well, we all know, I think, as humans, that the, in the beginning stages of uh, of any sort of um, interactions, it's a little spicy during the early days, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. It's, yeah, it can be difficult to make a distinguishment between. Mm. And I don't know that we have Lust to make that love. distinguishment. Like early on, you know, eventually you settle out and things start to sort themselves out. But those are heady days early on. Oh, like man. then, woof. It's tough. So like this, brush fire. this song definitely uh, just is my um, catharsis regarding that feeling um, <laughs> and uh, sorting those those. those uh, the yearnings <laughs> out. I don't know. No, that's okay. I think I think you've said all that needs to all be right. said because I don't. I don't think there's a single person listening right now who hasn't experienced that sort of uncertainty, confusion, fire. It's weird when you don't know what direction it's going, but you are going 150 miles uh-huh. an hour. Yeah. Oof. Oh, Holy Hannah on the Brian Oak Show. All right.
Episode 623. No, is that it can't be right. Not 600, 263. Oh, well, well, you who said put that in wrong? I don't know. Might have Did been, I do that? Might have been the bleeder. <clears throat> I don't know what's going on with me right now, man, but I am losing blood at a steady rate right now off my <laughs> leg, and I don't know how it happened. I just looked down, and I was bleeding. Anyway, episode 263, speaking of dyslexic, uh, I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard, and we're joined now by... Hannah Vonderhoff, uh, a.k.a. Holy Hannah. Hannah, you travel a lot. And I don't know about a lot, but you, when you post, you're always in these idyllic locations. And I feel like, <sighs> and I wish I could do it. Do you love to travel? I do love to travel. And it's a relatively new uh, adventure for me. Yeah. I'd say in the last like five Safely, like, last five years. Yeah. Well, precisely. But to me, here's the important thing. I think there are a lot of people, myself included, who are like, well, I can't afford that. Well, I have too much going on. Well, I'm mm-hmm. too busy. Well, this is the thing. If you travel right, and I've done it before. You know, I I remember going back to Playa del Carmen before there were any resorts. There were no roads there. It was all dirt roads. The whole trip might have cost me $600, right? And I was there for weeks. And it was lovely. I mean, if you travel right... It doesn't have to be this outrageously, freakishly expensive experience, and you can still have the time of your life. Yeah. Is that fair? That is fair. And I, you know, there are ways to be very economical about the approach. In some cases, the the biggest expense is just getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you can be decisive with how, you, what kind of accommodation you're looking for, right. how frequently you're going out to eat, how frequently mm-hmm. you're buying drinks. Uh, and I keep a cap on all that by just living really simply. And I buy all my food from, you know, just get my produce for the week, yep. make most of my meals at home, uh, save drinking for when I'm playing a show. And mm-hmm. and uh, I'm able to keep my costs really low. 
And um, I'm jealous. I just I haven't been out of the country in a very long time, and I've been thinking mm-hmm. about it. You know, it takes a little while. It's like anything else. Like it builds up, it builds up, and it's in the back of my head. And I'm not dying to go to you know, like I don't need to go to Monaco right and spend the night at the casino. Although that does sound fucking rad. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, that sounds rad. But you know what I mean? Like, just getting away and taking a little time away and really digging your toes in the sand, listening to the rhythm of the tide, and just... Mm. But that's not where we are right now. We're working, people. <laughs> and speaking of working, Holy Hannah, an August residency every single week is coming up at... Is it Thursdays or Fridays? Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Hump that's what day. I meant to say. Thank you very much. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Up to and including tomorrow's where we kick yes. things off at the Aster, which is sort of your home away from home for a very long time now. Yes, it is. But now, being that you're the kingpin... You have decided to have your own residency there, and you get to pick who you're going to be playing with. Now, are they openers for you? Do you play with them? How does that game work? Yeah, they'll be um, they'll be kick- kicking off the night each night. Okay. Uh, tomorrow will be featuring Cassandra Cole. She had hit me up a couple of months ago saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. we should really show share a show." And I know she just released a record mm-hmm. at um, uh, at Ice House. Uh, so this worked out for us to uh, uh, come together for an evening. Uh, so that will be tomorrow already. Wow. And I know that two, two weeks from tomorrow, you've got Jillian Ray, who's yes. been a guest mm. on this show. Um, I don't know Laura Hugo, though. Tell me about Laura Hugo. Laura Hugo is a really amazing, amazing songwriter. And she uh, would come and play uh, at the Esther frequently um, when I was booking music over there. Uh, but she's been active about town as a songwriter. And I can't. Where's she originally from? I think she. It's perhaps she's originally from Arizona. I mm. don't recall exactly, but I'm gonna definitely go with Estonia. I think she was from Estonia okay. originally. Yeah. Definitely check Laura Hugo out. Um, and then yeah, we got Jillian Ray, we got Maya Elena, and then we have the self uh, as the final installment. Mm. Here's the deal: when you go out for a night of good music, you know, one artist, two artists, three artists, whatever, the Aster is super chill. Ten bucks to walk into the room is literally nothing in the day and age that we live in. Yeah. You can't leave the house for less than $50 these days. You just, you really can't. And so, ten bucks to go out and see good music on a Wednesday evening. Tell me these don't go until two in the morning because old men like me can't stay out that late. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a totally accessible for middle of the week show. It's, music kicks off at eight o'clock. We don't go later than ten o'clock unless you really want that, that, uh, <laughs> I encore, thought, encore button to me. I thought she was going to say this is totally accessible for middle-aged men like you, Brian. And I, which would have <laughs> been yes, it, it, is. it would have been yes, fair, and that would have been completely <laughs> exactly. fair, Hannah. I appreciate that. So now, if people want to know about this coming upcoming residency, I know if people want to buy your music and support you, they go to Bandcamp. But if they're like, "Well, wait a minute, when's all this?" Do they go to the Astors website? Do you have a website? Where do they go? Uh, to get. Uh, seats saved or to reserve make a reservation for the show uh, you can go to Esther's website and on the calendar there um, you'll see the, the show listed yep. and there is a link to buy to, to reserve right. um, a table there's a reserve a seat essentially and then they just put the, the cover charge right in her tab so you don't have to have cash ready at the door or anything like that, that. it Smart. just is super easy yeah. Um. They got great food, amazing drinks, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and a good vibe. So just uh, 
we we hope you will join us. Let me ask you a question uh, before we wrap things up and hear one more song of yours. So you've got this residency happening throughout the entire month of August, every Wednesday. You've got this record that is available for people to go check out at Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, you seem, and maybe this is just your standard vibe all the time, but you seem chill. You seem good. Are you good? I'm good. I mean... As good as I can be, and that's a very, it's not a static statement. It's all relative, right? It's like always, like kind of the way I think about it is anything that's static is not alive. Like if you're Mm -hmm. flatlined. Yeah. (laughs) It's over. Yeah, it's over. It's over. So I always have to, in those moments, in the the troughs and burrows, um, just trying my best to remember, okay, like, like this, at least I have some relativity, like ups and downs like it's i need the the slump in order to appreciate the high um and i know mental health is really just a a constant struggle for so many people Mm -hmm. especially nowadays um and i'm really trying to to explore that more with music and songwriting and is um like mental health themes and and uh just um is the existential matters in general uh, really, um, really interest me. Given where we are all right now, because I've talked to so many musicians on this show and during my regular job, are the songs still coming? Because I find that COVID shut a lot of people down and it put a lot of people in a weird spot and it, it made people in what others might assume to be, oh, I've got all this downtime. What an incredibly fertile time. More musicians than not said it completely shut them down. So are the songs still coming? Are you feeling good about music? Oh, yeah. I actually just recounted. I have at least um, 10, at least 10 new songs. So an album's worth of material waiting in the wings, which I'm really excited to start that process again. I love recording so much. So I feel very fortunate. I feel like my pro, my proficiency as a songwriter has increased. Um, at which least, the game never ends, right? I mean, yeah. we learn our whole lives, so that's the way it should be moving. Yeah, I'm I'm really encouraged by that. Good it, for you. It, it has that well has been running. Um, I get it, but it's good right now. Yeah, it's good. Well, and like you just said, there are down days, there are up days, but right now we are living two days. So I'm glad to hear that for you, and Thanks. I'm very happy for you, and good luck with everything in the future. Thank you so much, Brian. Up to and including the residency that we can look forward to kicking off tomorrow with Cassandra Cole and Holy Hannah, and then every Wednesday throughout the month at the Aster. Go to the Aster Cafe's website, find Holy Hannah on Bandcamp, and um, it's lovely to see your face in person. It's nice to have you in here, and I'm glad that we're at a point in the world. I know, despite monkeypox and long-term COVID, we're all still a little sketchy about it, but I did bleach this place down like hell before you got in here in an effort to protect your artistic endeavors. Um, But we're back out there, and it feels kind of good to be coming back to life, right? It certainly does. Thank you so much. <laughs> I want to thank Smart Start MN. I want to thank AudioQuip, who provided us with all this high-end, beautiful equipment we have here in the Smart Start MN studios, all of our Patreon members, and really anybody who's ever listened, shared, amplified, subscribed, anything at all. It's hard to imagine that we are on episode 263 of this particular podcast, but um, here we are, and it still feels good to do it. It sure does. We are working on uh, getting a Patreon event. It's going to take us a little while to put it together. Might be more likely in September, but possibly late August. So, How, What do you think about uh, maybe like getting Buble for like a holiday thing? Probably not. No? Not, no. Okay, well, no. I mean, but if we got like... 500 new Patreon supporters at the $25 level. We could probably swing it then. Or 
Kenny G for half that price. Yeah, you know what? I'm not really a big alto sax guy. I'm going to be honest. You know, I'd much rather hear Buble go. I think that's the signal that it's time for us to wrap things up. It's time to go. Uh, thanks, thanks, Hannah. Thanks to our guest, <laughs> Hannah. Uh, and the whole time she's had this bewildered look on her face like, what did I sign up What's for? Happening? Did I really decide oh, to I've do this? I've seen it all. I could, <laughs> you guys are nothing. <laughs> nothing. This is, uh, whoa, whoa, well, not like whoa. nothing. Just, you're, this is, yeah, you know, no, well, this is a walk in the park. This I got you. All right, well, fine. I'll go to bed. Anyway. Fine, fine, <laughs> fine. Well, let's do this then. We're going to say goodbye to everybody. We'll be back next time. You've got another song for us to play and you said if we ended up hearing this song tell me about this song tell me about your process tell me why we're wrapping up an entire episode with this particular track by holy hannah oh, because this is the one that really gets you in the field so um this is a uh, time machine i wrote this after my first time visiting uh, this town i've been living in in Sayulita, and it definitely uh kind of captures the uh, uh feeling reg- feelings regarding regret um and I don't like to be a huge advocate for for regret, but it's a real feeling, a feeling that we all experience. And uh, um, so this, uh, this particular tune um, embodies that. Also, it was, as I mentioned, this kind of uh, uh, way to test the waters with a specific studio. Um, and I just really particularly love like this moment where we so we did all these vocal takes and we on the board we pit, hit we engage all the tracks at once to see how they sound in the playback together and this like super magical moment oh. like what what just <laughs> happened and how did that even happen so cool. and mostly in the track you're about to hear that's all re- that's all um preserved uh there isn't a whole lot of like um post production um alignment mm. it's just like what you're hearing just kind of like magically somehow happened when we wow. played all these tracks back together during the recording process and so for that like the purity of it um and then just like all the analog gear and and the the plate reverb and all, i just like I, I really, really, really love The look this song. on your face is fantastic <laughs> right now. Yeah. The look on your face. I mean, well, let's go ahead and enjoy it. Thank you, Hannah. You have a good one. You too. Thank you. Wish I would have stayed with you. But I couldn't find the courage. I was afraid you didn't feel it too. But I didn't need. To work, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I didn't want to leave you,